This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. Josh is off doing first day of school duties. So as a result, I'm here with the official first reoccurring guest of another Dolphins podcast. That's Kat at Brian Cat NFL. Kat, how's it going, my friend? Uh, doing well, Jake. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, we're getting close to cut down day here. Uh, what, five days away? So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who uh, who lands on the Dolphins roster. It's getting to that time, and the reason I thought you would be such a great guest to have is because about a month ago, actually, I think it was August 3rd I have written down here, we got together and did an initial 53-man projection, and this is kind of us coming back to it, seeing if we've done our homework, if we kept up with the right guys, so I'm really excited to get into this, so let's just jump right in. I think it's safe to say, if we start with quarterbacks, if we're talking about this Miami Dolphins roster, I think the conversation starts and ends with the idea of, yeah, they're, they're probably going to keep three quarterbacks. I'm with you there. So Tua, Mike White, Skylar Thompson, um, the three guys we're hoping to see, you know, well, Mike White's in the, is, has not looked good. Uh, and Skylar Thompson didn't in the first game, but really looked much, much better in the, in the second game with three touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see who ends up being the official backup. Probably going to be Mike White because of the salary, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, definitely three quarterbacks. Do you see any world where could be Skylar Thompson because I agree. I, I think it just makes the most sense to have Skylar be that number three. But if they're both going to be on that guaranteed roster, does the money really impact where they'd be on that depth chart? I know it's kind of a tough spot too because we're seeing Skylar play. You're not going to get a lot of snaps once the season begins. So how do you kind of balance that out? How do you see it going? You know, I don't see it much different than last year where even though Skylar lit the world on fire in preseason and looked really looked the part, um, when Tua went down, Teddy Bridgewater was the guy to get in and there wasn't much thought to it. So yeah, there is a possibility there. And if the concussion issue lingers with Mike White, then it really could be a thing, but hopefully, hopefully that never becomes an issue with Tua quarterback. Jumping right along here. This, this is the group that 
strangely enough, it didn't change one bit for me, but I think it's the group that can change the most for this Miami Dolphins group with, what, two weeks before the regular season beginning, and that's the running backs. You know, you go back to last year, the Dolphins did start the season with four on the active roster. Uh, Chase Edmonds and uh, Raheem Mostert were your starters in front of Salvan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. Looking at this year, Kat, I got to say, I have four running backs sticking around, but I'm ready to fight for five. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I've got four and I had three for a while. And mm-hmm. I said that the Dolphins only need three and they can have on the practice squad, a, you know, a couple more, hopefully getting Ahmed and Andor Gaskin back. And Chris Brooks has looked really good in preseason too. But um, I, I've got, I think Ahmed really did earn his roster spot here over the last, uh, not just the second preseason game, but he's, he continues to get better and better as, as a receiver. Now he's probably the worst, he's probably the worst in NFL history at, at blocking or breaking tackles, but he is who he is. And, and he can turn a five yard gain into a 20 yard game real quick. And when you take a look at Devon Achin being um, sidelined here, uh, hopefully he's back for week one, but if he's not, Savan Ahmed can stylistically do a lot of the things uh, Devon Achin can do. Um, so I've got four, but, I, I got to tell you, we talked about on the show last time where we, neither one of us were predicting Dalvin Cook to be on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm predicting Jonathan Taylor to be the Dolphins running back. And it, it's really starting to feel that way, isn't it? It's it's kind it's even different than the Tyree kill thing because it started so fast. So so let's do it. Let's just kind of break, kick the door down and go into this the imagination world where the Dolphins do bring in Jonathan Taylor. Sorry, not to. Who are the four you have? Uh, Mostert, Wilson, Achain, and Ahmed. Ahmed? Uh, yeah, so uh, Taylor, Wilson, Achain, and Ahmed. And part of it too is, you know, I I don't like to usually predict in in these types of trades to uh, trade a veteran player, but I, when you look at how little money Mostert and Jeff Wilson are making, mm-hmm. and what the Colts have at running back, I believe Kenyon Drake is battling for that starting job over there. Yeah after he's picked up off the street, why wouldn't you include him in the trade? And I have Raheem Mostert being that guy that gets traded over. And when you combine Anthony Richardson with the speed of Raheem Mostert for very little money on a rebuilding team, I think that they could get something going there pretty quick. Oh man, that's so interesting. Um, If they brought in Taylor, I was even kind of playing with the idea of if they'd only keep three because he is that bell cow workhorse. Um, but I'm curious to get your thoughts when we kind of think about the practice squad, right? We can kind of pencil in Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed, or at least we started to, right? We started to pencil those guys in practice squad and they'll be there when we need them. Are we reaching a point where, I mean, Kenyon Drake, you just said it, is competing for a starting job. I'm starting to feel that maybe the roster construction around the NFL is reaching a point where maybe you can get away with having a couple veteran maybe receivers on that practice squad where these running backs, I mean, you're telling me that a team wouldn't want Miles Gaskin's consistency, just someone you can trust in the backfield. I don't know if they'd even survive on that practice squad. No, I, I don't. And for that reason, if Miles Gaskin were to be were to be cut, and he could still make the roster when you consider, mm-hmm. well, if, if they were to trade for Taylor, then I don't think Gaskin would be on at all. Um, but regardless, I don't think he'll be on. I, I don't think he'd be on the practice squad for exactly what you said there is that, Another team in the NFL, you would think, would would look at him as somebody that could come in and just contribute as a third running back, where the Dolphins in this situation wouldn't have room uh, for that. Uh, 
but Jonathan Taylor, I mean, the, the reason going back to him, the reason I say that I'm predicting the Dolphins to make this trade is it does feel like the Tyreek Hill situation just happening not as quickly because look, Chris Greer with Jalen Rams and Tyreek Hill was very, very aggressive with guys who he thought were elite players at their position. Jonathan Taylor is two years removed from being the NFL's leader, leading rusher with mm-hmm. over eight in 2021. He had over 1800 rushing yards. The guy in second place, I think, was Nick Chubb, who was 559 yards behind him. So carried them to the playoffs, right? Was that the year they made it, or was uh, it uh, the Colts? Uh, that was the year that they should have been in the playoffs, but they yeah. lost to the Jaguars in the final week with uh, for that in that in a game they were project predicted to win by double digit points. But uh, yeah, and and yeah, I have to look at the Dolphins now, where they've shown interest in Dalvin Cook, and in my opinion, they would have gotten him if the Jets hadn't up their ante. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a feeling. They also inquired about Saquon Barkley. They inquired about Josh Jacobs. We learned over the last couple of days, they've inquired about Jonathan Taylor. And when you look around the NFL, what's the dolphins competition really right here? I mean, the Colts have painted themselves really into a the corner. They've, they've, they have that ultimatum where on Tuesday, we're going to find out if, if anyone has stepped up for that deadline. But I look at the other teams around the league. I don't know. Maybe the Eagles, if they're not too impressed with DeAndre Swift. But other than mm-hmm. that, I, I don't see a team that's really going to step up and outbid the Dolphins, at least for draft compensation. I'm going to start with the crazy scenario, and then you're going to pull me back down to earth here. So when we're talking about this trade going down, and we actually had Omar Kelly on the show yesterday, and he brought up a great point along the lines of how Steven Ross has made seven different players the highest paid at their position since he became owner of the team. This is someone who spends as much money as possible to make his team good. So when you kind of start thinking, I go to 2019 and I look at that Miami Dolphins team. And one of the best things they did is they kind of bought draft picks, right? Sending off Ryan Tannehill, you get a fourth round pick in return. I think this is my, this could be Miami's chance to not only have its cake, but eat it too, where you trade, you get the stud Jonathan Taylor. Hey Colts, you want a first round pick? Here's Emmanuel Ogba. I think that could be a scenario that starts to plot. If the Colts really want that first round pick, I think if you could get rid of a contract, I think that could help you overcome that value. Obviously it's a tough situation, but that would be my scenario where I'd be the happiest, you know, a running back would be included, but here's Emmanuel Agba too. You need, you need an edge rusher. Uh, I, I would take, I mean, I would take far less for Agba to be honest. And I'm glad Agba's on the team. Um, and it's the Dolphins are kind of stuck with that contract, but in being stuck with that contract for a year before you can release them next year, they've got a quality depth piece there at both edge and defensive end. Um, you know, I think for any veteran to be involved in a trade with Jonathan Taylor, if, if that's what you're saying, then it's got to be for really a really little amount of money. Raheem Mostert, if the Colts were to take that on or Jeff Wilson, you're, you're talking about taking on $3 million instead of Agba with 15. So, you know, I, I'm all for trading Agba. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. The only reason I think the Colts are like fourth in cap space right now. That's the only reason I, I, I'm thinking that. And if they are that desperate, like we're rebuilding, let's just see if we can purchase a higher draft because the trade might get done like a second and Raheem Mostert for Jonathan Taylor. But if you can, you know, maybe squeeze up to a first, what, what's a first worth? 10 mil? I, I think, you know, as someone who obviously doesn't have 10 mil sent around, 
I kind of see the value of like if, if I was a rebuilding team and I had to spend 10 mil to get a second first round pick. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd be a team happy to do that. Now, now I, I may have heard you incorrectly. Are you saying include Agba in the trade? They The Colts eat up more cap room and the Dolphins give a first instead of a second? Yes, exactly. Okay. Am I mad about that? Okay, no, I, I yeah, I could see that as, as more of a realistic possibility. Um, also, the Dolphins don't have a third and a fourth next year. So that that would factor into it too. But yeah, I I think you could get creative with this. And Chris Greer has shown the ability to get creative with it. And um, you know, just look at last year, look at the Bradley Chubb trade. I mean, they traded a first a first, a fourth, and they threw in Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Greer is always willing to swap picks, swap veteran players. So you never know uh, in, in that situation that you that you put together there. It's real fun knowing that this is going. This can shake so much in just a couple of days, especially knowing that deadline is there. One of the most refreshing faces to see back at camp because they had such a big impact. We don't have to spend too much time on this fullback. One, Alec Ingold, pretty much said and done. Yes. And Alec Ingold was the fullback for Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. So oh. you've got that going too. I, you know, is that something? Uh, I'm pretty sure if you ask Alec Ingold, um, about Jonathan Taylor, I'm pretty sure he'll have some positive reviews. Didn't the who was the didn't the Dolphins recently draft a Wisconsin offensive lineman too? Michael Dieter, yeah. Yep. We'll bring him back and use that as an excuse that he'll be good now. We'll, we'll just say we'll bring them all together. This is where my first surprise came in. We're, let's talk about tight ends for a second. Last year on the opening day roster, the Dolphins had five tight ends on that roster. I said a month ago that there'd be three, Eric Saubert, Dermis my Tyler Croft. I'm ready to be talked into the Dolphins will only keep two tight ends on this roster. Okay, okay. I, I, I actually really like that. And uh, I've got three with Smythe, Eric Saubert, and, um, and Elijah Higgins. And really mm-hmm. only Higgins because he was a six-round draft choice. And if there's any... If there's any question in his competition with undrafted free agent Julian Hill uh, or Tanner Connor, who was just promoted back here or, excuse me, activated from reserve, then I, I think Higgins gets the benefit of the doubt. And and what also puts him on the team for me is they've put him in fullback at fullback in the preseason as well. And when you start experimenting with guys like that at different positions, usually that means you've, you've got a little bit of a game plan for him. So I barely have Higgins on the roster as the third guy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
we're recording this on uh, Thursday, the 24th, and Tanner Connor just returned to practice, and he was actually making a lot of plays. And people forget, I mean, Tanner Connor was on the opening day roster last year. This is someone I think he played in 11 games throughout the season. Uh, so tight end could be a position that shuffles around a, a little bit. And, and Tyler Croft, I think, is someone that uh, you can s- probably stash on a practice squad where you could have him as one of those depth pieces, even though he's not necessarily on the roster. Uh, Eric Saubert. I did this last night, but you actually uh, responded to a pretty interesting tweet that really highlighted what Saubert's impact is special teams. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Coffin was talking about that uh, as as well in his special team snaps. And, you know, to me, it's always been Saubert against Tyler Croft for one mm-hmm. spot. And then the three young receiving tight ends, uh, uh, Higgins, Connor, and Hill for the other one. And I think that stays where it is. And again, look at the money when you look at these competitions here especially with two veterans like Saubert and Croft. Croft is guaranteed 500,000. Saubert, I believe is, I don't have it in front of me, but I think about Mm 350,000 or it's 500,000, one of those two, but he's guaranteed a lot more money. And Saubert, I think, I think he brings a little more to the table as a blocker and a special teamer. Uh, So I, I give him a little bit of the edge there. I think back to the Buffalo game last year, the one, the second regular season game. So the one in Buffalo and there was a play, I think it was, um, uh, who was, who was the undrafted wide receiver, Braylon Sanders. I think he had a ball that bounced off him. And I think about like the same game, there was a Buffalo tight end who caught his first touchdown of the season. And I kind of compared those two plays of what's the difference between these teams, that one guy who can make a play. I think Eric Sauber can be one of those guys where it's, oh, no, it's week week 13 and he's all alone in the end zone. Nobody knows where he is, and boom, simple touchdown in a big spot. Yeah, that's uh, – Quentin Morris uh, for the Bills caught that, and then oh, Braylon, wow, Sanders, Braylon Sanders. Uh, Braylon Sanders and, and Tanner Connor are two guys who I was really excited and made the roster, and I think they do have potential. I think a, another team would be smart to sign and stash them on their 53-man roster because they've got the potential. When Braylon Sanders got his first shot – Caught, the, caught a 25-yard pass early in the Bills game and fumbled it. Tanner Connor finally gets gets slipped on the field against the Jets uh, in New York, and it's third and 15. The Dolphins are down by, I believe, two points. Tanner Connor is wide open for a 20-yard gain first down and drops the ball. Jason Sanders misses the field goal. Jets score, and then the Dolphins get routed in the fourth quarter. Like, it's they had such potential – to make their mark and barely miss. So I hope that doesn't derail their careers. The moral of the story here too is these are your sixth and seventh guys on the depth chart and they can have that opportunity to make an impact. So, well, you know, you, you while you're going through Madden, you see the stars and everything, like you're going to see these guys show up in big spots and moving on to wide receiver here. The Dolphins started last season with five wide receivers on the active roster. When we got together earlier this month, I had seven. I'm starting to lean back down to five, I think. You know, I had five last time, and I have the same five guys, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Braxton Berrios, Cedric Wilson, and Eric Ezukama. And I want to keep it at five, I really do, but I can't help notice that River Craycraft is still listed as the fourth receiver on this team. Absolutely. He has a, and I, I think the other guy, I think Robbie Chosen and Braylon Sanders have more potential than him, but I, I – I've got him as the sixth guy. He was the last, I believe the last guy I put on the 53 man roster. 
I mean, I've all preseason, I've just been under the impression if Robbie Chosen comes in, and this wasn't a deal where the Dolphins were dying to get him. This was someone who his agent really worked to get him a job here, and there was a discussion about what the expectations are, what you're, uh, what we have in place, what our plan is, and what you'll have to do. Knowing all that, it's just kind of weird to me that he hasn't had an impact in the preseason, and we haven't seen him catch a single pass. So knowing that, I just have a hard time putting him on the active roster. Uh, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on if you had a River Craycraft and a Cho- Robbie Chosen on a practice squad, who would you be more interested in plucking off that squad? Uh, Robbie Chosen, for sure, if I'm a, another team, uh, simply because he's only a couple years removed from being a 1,000-yard receiver, mm-hmm. where River Craycraft is – a guy that you know what you're getting runs very crisp routes is very dependable. And in an offense like this, where the success of the wide receiver depends on being able to get to a spot on the field consistently um, with, with, I mean, with your brain by, you know, when two, there's a lot of times where two is letting go of the ball and he needs a receiver to be at a certain spot. Mm-hmm. If you're not at that spot, 99 out of 100 times or 100 out of 100 times, that's a problem. And River Craycraft is there 100 out of 100 times. I think that's why he's dependable. I think that's why he's the fourth receiver. And I think that's why he's ultimately going to make the roster. I completely agree with you. And Robbie Chosen's actually been heating it up again in practice. Um, And there's still a preseason game to be played. So I do think that if a six stands, it is Robbie Chosen. But I think the only reason I was going back down to five is because on a game-by-game basis, I think you only need in this offense four receivers, right? 50% of your passes are going to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So you don't really need those extra guys going around. But throughout the stretch of the season, that's where I thought the practice squad would come in and kind of fill in the holes where there are obviously going to be some injuries so a River Craigcraft or someone else can come in. My bad if everyone can hear that dog barking in the background. I'm losing my mind over here. Can you hear that? I can't. No, I've got two dogs. Uh, I've got the same fear when I'm on. But no, they're, they're tame right now, and I don't hear yours. The Miami Dolphins entered the 2022 season with eight offensive linemen. Last month, I had nine offensive linemen they'd keep. Cat, knowing that Teron Armstead really is the center, the the son of the solar system, how do you feel about this offensive line? How do you have things shaken out? Yeah, I've got nine on here, and Robert Jones, I've – always been a huge Robert Jones fan and I want him to be on this roster. So if he doesn't go on reserve, I am in favor of him being that 10th offensive lineman. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, given that you can put him on injured reserve and bring him back during the season, I think that's what's going to happen because he's supposed to be out four to six weeks. So I've got really the the eight guys I've had for a lock as lock for a while. Um, Toronto Armstead, Isaiah Wynn, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, and then the backups, uh, Liam Eikenberg, Dan Feeney, and Kendall Lamb as the top eight. And then Lester Cotton replaces Robert Jones as as the ninth guy on the roster for me. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Nothing really sticks out that we'd be missing. And uh, maybe a Cedric O, if he could maybe slide onto the roster. But I really haven't heard a lot of good things from the depth at, at tackle behind K- Kendall Lamb, I guess has been awesome, but in terms of Cedric O um, and then there are a few other guys that I kind of, you know, you wanted to keep your eye on whether it's a drawn Christensen uh, guys like that, where you're just hoping something would evolve, but it's never, it's, it's a lot more complicated than we'd like to think. Yeah. I'm with you on that. C- Cedric Bowie is somebody I've actually got 
on the practice squad if he can if he can land on there. I'm not a big fan of the guy, but mm-hmm. I think you've got to go with strength and numbers. And I don't think Keon Smith's ready to be on the active roster. And Jerron Christian, I think, has been just terrible. Um, and the other guy, James Tunstall from Cincinnati, number 79, I actually think it's irresponsible to have him out on the field protecting anybody. Uh, he should have been cut two weeks ago. Got to have that mobile quarterback. Flipping over to the defensive side of the football, we were hoping, I've been hoping that Brandon Peely would be that guy to stick at defensive tackle. Uh, but Kent is more, the more I look at this list, I do have Peely or maybe a Deshaun Hand making making the team. But this is a position I think Chris Greer is going to be a little active in once the uh, preseason comes to an end. Yeah, I'm with you. And you've, you've had Peely on the roster the whole time. And uh, I've gone back and forth. Uh, I've got him on. And so as far as defensive line, Sealer, Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, obviously, Emmanuel Ogba, as if we're counting him as defensive line. And then I've got Peely as the fifth guy. And mm-hmm. from there, I think the Dolphins uh, uh, call up players on the practice squad if they need a little bit more. That's why I've got Deshaun Hand and, and Jalen Twyman on the practice squad to call up to the to the active roster if 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 need be. But uh yeah, and this is a position too that if if players get cut. Uh, after the the 53-man roster, I think the Dolphins are going to be very interested. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another position, jumping right to linebacker, um, Jerome Baker, Jalen Phillips. This group really doesn't have a lot of surprises. I think I have them keeping eight. Of The one name that sticks out to me if I go back and look at last year is Trey Flowers. This is someone the Dolphins added late in camp. I thought it was a great signing. I think the Dolphins made a couple, Mackenzie Alexander being another, where I think injuries just derailed them, bad luck. But it was a sign that Chris Greer was being really active, um, you know, late in training camp. So, Bradley yeah. Chubb, Malik Reed, Channing Tindall, AVG, David Long Jr., Duke Riley, Jalen Phillips, Jerome Baker. That, that's pretty much what I have. Anyone else sneaking in? Um, I think you said everyone. So the starting four, Phillips and Chubb on the edge, mm-hmm. Long and Baker on the inside. Malik Reed, I've got, I don't know if you said him, uh, but mm-hmm. you probably did. Malik Reed, Duke Riley, Channing Tindall, Andrew Van Ginkle. So I've got eight there. And you know, this pre- final preseason game could be interesting because there are three promising undrafted free agents, Aubrey Miller Jr., um, uh, Mitchell uh, uh, Mitchell and Garrett Nelson, could possibly compete for one roster spot. It's, I, it's a coin flip of whether or not one of those guys makes it, but all three have shown potential, so maybe you think about keeping one. But as of right now, I've got all three being cut and uh, looked at it uh, as practice squatters. Miller's the only official inside linebacker in that, that trio, right? Correct. Yeah. I, I do wonder, I mean, uh, Malik Reed is someone, and, and again, I could be completely wrong on this, but I haven't heard a lot of, so, so you do wonder if someone can kind of push for one of those outside pass rushing uh, positions, especially knowing just the studs you have on the interior line, knowing that Bradley Chubb and Phillips are going to be on the edge. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a tie that's raising all ships. If you get some snaps, you're going to have some opportunities. You're right. Malik Reed hasn't flashed all that much. 
Uh, he he's a veteran, uh, and he's familiar with Vic Fangio's defense. Mm-hmm. He uh, has seven hundred fifty thousand dollars guaranteed this year, so you're paying him that regardless. Mm-hmm. So he did get a lot of guaranteed money to come here. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it'd be a surprise if he were cut, but I wouldn't call him a mortal lock, even even with the guaranteed money he got. Looking at the cornerback group, man, oh my goodness. Dolphins entered five or entered the season last year with five cornerbacks. This year, I have seven, considering that Jalen Ramsey and Nick Needham, odds are I don't think they're going to be with the team for some time, probably the pup list. Yeah. And it's even more complicated now. When I think it's getting less complicated, it's getting more complicated because Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, at we're not including him in this exercise because I mean, he'll be on the 53 man roster uh, to start the year. Then he'll go an injured reserve a day or two later. So we're just keeping him off for that with that assumption. Um, and Nick Needham, only guy on the PUP list. I, I see him staying on PUP or reserve. I, I, he's, you know, it's, uh, it's a shame that he's not back in an action right now. So I've got them off. That Keon Cross, and I thought was going to possibly released with an injury settlement. And he comes out of nowhere. To, and then the biggest shocker, Jamal Perry, the Isaiah, the Isaiah Ford of the defense, just comes back. This guy was here in 2019 and was getting cut and signed and cut and signed. And then he comes in against the Texans and he plays lights out wearing number 46. This guy has changed his name. He's changed his jersey. He's been on and off the team. Um, and I got to tell you, I think he has a chance to make the roster. And if not, I've got him on the practice squad as one of the veteran guys. So, uh, but I, I'm going on and on. So I've got six, Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu. Good to see Cam Smith back competing as the, as the second or third cornerback, Eli Apple. Um, I thought looked stickier in the last game and, and mm-hmm. he's gets a million guaranteed. He's the fourth guy. Noah Igbenogany, you're already paying him 3 million. He's going to be the fifth. Justin Bethel is not as much of a, a lock as I thought he would be at this mm-hmm. point, but I've got him still there as the sixth guy, but that's six cornerback spot or seventh as in your case is really up for grabs. So you think Keon Crossan is still not going to make the team? I think I'm more hoping he doesn't. Um, Cause I, I think, again, I, I think, I think they're, you know, I think they're better cornerbacks on this roster than him. I don't think he fits the scheme. And I think Justin Bethel is a better special career special teamer than he was. So, and you know, you, you cut him and you you make you, you save over three million dollars clean if you if you you know. That's why I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. It kind of feels like if they haven't, they won't just just because we've reached like the this point. It's not a point of no return, but it just kind of feels like what are we doing here if we're not? No, that's well. a good point, and and that could very well be the case. And another thing too, another Perry Nickerson is somebody who played really well in the last game uh, number 49 and he's somebody I really like coming out of Tulane a few years ago he ran a 432 mm-hmm. and I, I thought he had a lot of potential he's somebody that I'm hoping stays on the practice squad too to see if he's he's pulled up that if, if he's pulled up in the regular season and he has the speed to run with receivers and maybe you got something there I he's somebody I'm rooting for well that's Jamal Perry he, he can play he's can be a gunner right am I remembering that correctly he played some special teams when he was in Miami. So yeah, he, he could, he could certainly do it. Um, and he can move inside and play the slot. So he's got some, he's got some versatility where that makes me a little curious with, you know, if at the sixth and seventh 
cornerback positions here, why would they bring in Jamal Perry so late in the game mm-hmm. uh, when he has so much versatility and seems like that ideal sixth quarterback on game day? Safeties, I have five. Javon Holland, Deshaun Elliott, Elijah Campbell, Verona McKinley third, and I actually had Miles Doran. Womp womp. I think he was released today. He was. He was. And this is probably the most unsettled position um, as far as the back end because Javon Holland, uh, Brandon Jones, Deshaun Elliott are uh, mortal locks. Elijah, Elijah Campbell, you got to think at this point, is too. Um, <laughs> and then you've got three interesting guys. You've got Trill Williams, Veron McKinley, and uh, Kedron Smith. Now, I was really disappointed Kedron Smith did not get into the lineup earlier in the game against Houston because I thought he played so well the week before, and I think he's got a lot of potential um, in his move uh, as a cornerback at, at Kentucky to a safety here. I re- He's the number one guy I'm hoping gets back on the practice rod because I think he's got a lot of potential. But if he's not playing until the fourth quarter of the most meaningful preseason game, it, that does say a lot. Trill Williams and Ron McKinley are really interesting because the Dolphins could keep six safeties because they're, you can make a case. These guys are two of them of, uh, are two players that are among the top 53 players on the roster. You could make that case, but I've got them both being cut. Um, Veron McKinley and Trill Williams. Look, Trill Williams got here in 2001. The last month is, was his, his time to get on the field and make an impact. And what did he do? Not much. Got hurt. And now we're talking about three years of this guy is a, the biggest urban legend I've ever seen on this team. Veron McKinley hasn't made a lot of play. you know Veron McKinley hasn't made a lot of plays and he's he's not big he's not fast but he wasn't last year either and I I still think he fits this defense much better than last year but if he gets cut I don't even think the Dolphins bring him back on the practice squad because what do you really have to work with at that size and speed if you're not going to make him a, a guy on the 53 man roster so I've only gone I'm only going with four safeties and he was picked up, uh, uh, Veron McKinley. He was picked up late in the um, late in the dance last year, and I think part of the reason was only because you know the comfort of having Javon Holland. No, no one gets a completely different system this year. There isn't that foundation you'd hope to have entering that second year, where on the offensive side you can kind of make a better case for Tanner Connor being in the same situation. Oh man, I, I wish I I'm look. I have the full roster here, and Keegan Smith is the first name I was like. I beefed it. That that's one name I've really, really liked to see uh, play play a lot this last preseason game and, and take advantage of an opportunity that is there. But Kat, yeah. before we wrap up here, I, I do want to ask you that. Uh, I sorry, punter, kicker, long snapper. We can just throw it. Blake Blake Ferguson, Jason Sanders, Jake Bailey. That's pretty much all said and done. But before yeah. I let you go, let's let's spend a couple minutes here. I'd love to get your thoughts on the practice squad because we've mentioned a couple players and. 17-game season, they are going to be a bunch of injuries. These guys are going to have an opportunity to say something sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll uh, I'll run down that list here as, uh, quickly. The, so the guys that I don't have back in the practice squad for, for a variety of reasons, uh, I, I, I look at Miles Gaskin, Robbie Chosen, and Tyler Croft. I don't have them in the practice squad because I think if they get cut that they're going to get signed by another team and they're not going to make it back on the practice squad. Um, AJ Johnson's an interesting guy where he was signed today. Now, this is a guy that back in 2019 and 2020 was one of the top 10 inside linebacker. 
uh, in the NFL. And then he, he's now he's 31. He tore his pack in 2021 and, and he was on the Seahawks practice squad last year. I have to think he's just, he's just around for a training camp body for a week or two. Fine. Uh, Keon cross and I've got cut. So I think if either you keep him or you cut him and he's going to go to another team as well. Um, but as far as Adrian the practice, cross. yeah, you got to think you are, or, or, uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, so when I look at the practice squad, I've got eight on offense and eight on defense that I'm predicting. Uh, on offense, running back Chris Brooks, wide receiver Braylon Sanders, tight end Tanner Connor, tight end Julian Hill, offensive tackle Keon Smith, guard Ryan Hayes, uh, center Alama, U- Ulua Wave. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I. I really ought to practice that name before I come on here. I, I said I would, and I, I got distracted, and I didn't. Uh, so he's the last uh, offensive player that I've got in the practice squad. Then defensively, Deshaun Hand hasn't shown a lot, but I think he's got potential, and he just came into this defense. So he's a veteran that would be a prime candidate. Jalen Twyman is somebody you could, you know, I'm looking for more out of, but still you can pluck him off and maybe put him on the 53 for a game. Um, Aubrey Miller, Mitchell uh, Agude, and Garrett Nelson. I've got all three back on there. I'm hoping we get all three back on there. That would be really, I I think it would be great to have them back with the potential they've shown, but they're not quite ready. Cornerbacks, Jamal Perry and Perry Nickerson are two veterans I've got sticking around. So those are my fourth and fifth guys for the, the veterans that, have that eligibility. You can have up to six, but I've got five here. And then finally, most importantly, Keedron uh, Smith rounding out the the 16 on the practice squad. Starting with the offense, um, when you look at your list, who do you think, you know, let's say the week through the preseason has the greatest opportunity to make a statement for one of those final roster spots? Let's say it's, you know, it's like the college basketball tournament. Who are the first three in or first four in? A good question. Um, let's go with the two tight ends, Tanner Connor and Julian Hill, because I think it is a, a coin flip with those guys. And, you know, this is not a tight end rich team. So if you see improvement here throughout the season, it's it's not a big leap for one of them to jump up to the second tight end, you mm-hmm. know, and third guy would have to be Ryan Hayes because you drafted him. And I, I think he has shown some interesting mobility when he's been given that, uh, that chance and he can play guard, he can play tackle. He played left tackle for 38 games for Michigan in front of a hundred thousand people in, in big blue. So, you know, probably hasn't shown quite enough, but the dolphins did draft him. And I think they'd be wanting to get him back in the practice squad, given the opportunity. I, uh, I think it was Robert Hunt. Uh, I apologize if I'm wrong, but I heard a quote about Butch Berry recently that I just love to get your thoughts on where they were talking about how with Butch Berry, like the, the key here is aggressiveness. We want to assert our dominance. And I think one line was even along the lines of uh, first, we want to be aggressive and we'll worry about technique later. I, I just like to get your thoughts upon hearing that. Yeah. And I was always wondering why they fired Matt Applebaum for Butch Berry, who a lot of Broncos didn't think a whole heck of a lot of, well, now we have our answer that Matt Applebaum was very deliberate, a smart guy. And, and I thought overall in his first year looked like a pretty good offensive line coach, but Butch Berry's a yeller. He's going to get in your face. And obviously Mike McDaniel felt that that was needed on the coaching staff, you know, between him and between Vic Fangio, you've got a lot more attitude on the coaching staff here this year. Let's see if that pays off. 
I like that. I like that. Let's switch over to the defensive side. Who do you see really jumping up? I mean, it's it's hard to not think one of those uh, Mitchell Agude or, or Garrett Nelson have a real shot, especially if they come out, get those three sacks against a third string offensive lineman. It doesn't seem like the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, I I think they've got to marinate for a year. I, I hope that they get that opportunity as well. Hopefully they didn't make enough plays to where they fly off the page and get signed by another team. Um, but you know, Deshaun Hand and Jalen Twyman are probably the first two off off the bench here and on the squad on game day because you know they're they're a little bit thin on the defensive line right now. Um, and Jamal Perry, I mean, look, he, when you look at the ability to play inside outside at, at defensive back, and um, you look at the ability to play special teams, and and you know he he got back on the roster and and got in the Tex in against the Texans and looked really good. So. You know, somebody that if you're looking on game day, you know, you're looking for your best guys who can who can get not only on the field, but play a lot of different positions, especially if injuries come up. Got to be able to trust them, too. That's why Jamal Perry seems like such an interesting one. Uh, one one more last question. I think I've done this to, to you twice now, but I'm um, just kind of looking at this list. I think I mentioned defensive tackle earlier, um, but, you know, 53 man roster cut down day comes goes. Uh, what's the first or second position you see the Dolphins really trying to attack, even if it's just finding that, that depth piece they've been missing? Defensive line's an obvious one. And after that, I'd say tight end, but I think if you were to cut Eric Saubert and Tyler Croft to get a different tight end, you're going to be finding another version of Eric Saubert and Tyler Croft. So exactly. what's re- what's really the point? Charlie Warner's an interesting guy from the 49ers if he gets cut because he was drafted while Mike McDaniel was there. He's kind of a crafty guy, former Georgia tight end. That's a name to keep an Tyler eye crafty? on. Uh, Charlie Warner. No, is he Tyler Crafty? Tyler. Ah, see, yeah. Uh, uh, it's pretty clever. It's pretty clever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, both uh, come from San Fran. It could work. Why not? They're good. And they're, they're going to cut one of those tight ends because they drafted two this year. Um, Braylon Willis in the seventh round and, and Cameron Latube in the third round. And so, you know, they, I, I think they will end up cutting somebody that the dolphins might look at, um, on the defensive line. Um, I look at the Eagles who have are flooded with defensive line talent. And one guy named, uh, Contravious street is, a player that was drafted by the Niners a few years ago and had a terrible injury at the time. And they still drafted him in the fourth round. He has worked his way back and has gotten more and more snaps every year. And now he's with the Eagles and hasn't made a lot of plays, but is somebody that I could see the Dolphins signing at 6'3", 297 pounds and, and being that defensive end that they envisioned Deshaun Hand, Deshaun Hand was going to be. So that's a name to keep an eye on. If last year was any indication, the Dolphins definitely aren't done, whether that's Jonathan Taylor or just a couple pieces to fill out the crew, it could go either way. But at Brian Cat NFL Cat, thank you so much for joining us for the second time. Thanks a lot, Jake. Have a good evening. Take care.